Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Christians have to take steps to unbelievers. We have to share the good news. By the way, feet don't talk. So you can be by the unbeliever, but you've got to open your mouth. We have to share with them the good news. The unbeliever then has the choice. We can't force them. They have the choice. Anyone that confesses the Lord and calls on Him will be saved. If they don't, they remain where they're at. So lost people matter to Jesus Christ. Right off the get-go, let's review a few things we've learned so far. In preparation to start doing life on the right foot, one step at a time, you'll need to walk with Jesus on the right path. There's only two. One leads to death. Listen to and obey God's Word. It's the only way you'll ever become like His Son. Make sure all your steps are efficient. God will guide you. Consult Him. Finally, beware of tempting detours and potential danger. Scripture says to make level paths for your feet and take only the ways that are firm. Okay, now let's walk this way and discover the last step to guarantee happy, healthy, beautiful feet. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 12, with our continuing study entitled, Happy, Healthy Feet. He guides us as we are going forward. Look at this statement. It sounds stupid, but it's very true. You cannot steer a parked car. Now, kids like to do that. You know, 13, I want to, I don't want to, want to drive one day and they get in that car, you know, they're just steering the car. You ain't going nowhere. They can't steer a thing. They can wear your tires out, but they ain't going nowhere. You cannot steer a park car. We need to be moving forward on the path of life. Now, you say, what does that mean? It means quit procrastinating. Quit being idle. Go for it. The things God has called you to do, get doing them. Move forward. Don't sit there and contemplate. Go forward if God's told you to do it. Now, as we're going forward, listen to this. As we're going forward... There will be many changes in our lives. God's will for me is not static. It will change. God isn't changing. I'm just not aware of it. As you know, for 25 years, I was a hospital pharmacist here in town. God changed it. His will for me was different. It changed. During those years that I was a pharmacist, I was active for God. I was trying to grow for God. I was trying to change trying to do what he wanted me to do. When I came to that detour and he, he changed me just another whole different direction, then I went that way. God knew that was coming. Now there's a case where I probably wouldn't have wanted to know it. 
Because either I'm thinking, nah, I don't know, man, that's a big step, or let's get to it right now. But that's not the way God is. So see, God knows in your life the timing that's right, the steps that He's going to direct you, and when He's going to change that. So that means that I'm going to have to be maturing and growing as I'm serving Him. So we have to be doing this. Look at this statement. This is a tremendous statement. I came across it this week from Benjamin Franklin. When you're finished changing, you're finished. I love it. When you're finished changing, you're finished. Well, what does that mean? That means that I'm going to have to be very flexible. Now let me give you, you can call it what it is. While I was in this, God seemed to give me this word of prophecy. There are some of you here tonight, in the next few months, God is going to radically change your life. You just, again, there's nothing specific, but I believe this is going to happen. He, he just poured this into my heart. You're going to see God changing your life. You're going to be doing totally different things. Some of you are going to be moved to a different area of the country. God is in it. Be open. Be ready. Be maturing. Don't be afraid. I don't know who that's for, how many it's for, but that's what God told me. So relax. You don't go and move tomorrow morning because Mark Balmer said it. <laughs> you wait till God and you go, wow. You see what happened? One night, I was driving home and we had made some changes about, you know, coming out of pharmacy and coming to here. And I was listening to Chuck Swindoll on the radio and he said something basically like that. And that's what came back to me. Now, I haven't thought about that in nine and a half years. And with something that Chuck Swindoll said on the radio, some of you listening to this radio program tonight are going to be radically changed in the next few months of your life. And was I radically changed? See, I already knew that was happening. That was just nothing but a confirming sign to me. Go for it. Because it was a radical change. Same thing will happen in your life. Won't be necessarily like this, but just be aware. Don't ever be static with God. Be flexible. Be growing. With that, turn with me to Proverbs 4.12. Here's the next part of that that I want to talk about. Make sure you enjoy the steps of life, our walk with God. Let me just add, this is a must. You absolutely must enjoy walking with God. If you don't, you need to have an attitude check tonight. Look at Proverbs 4.12. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. God designed the Christian life to be exciting, fulfilling, the best ever. It is not restrictive. Just because it's narrow, it isn't restrictive. Just because it's a straight path doesn't mean there's not fun on that path and fulfillment. In fact, just the opposite. Skip down to verse 18. The path of the righteous, those that are walking with God, is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full of day. I want you to see what that means. When we become a Christian, what happens is this. We enter here with this narrow, narrow gate. And who is that gate? Jesus Christ. So it looks like, man, this straight and narrow road is just... But notice, here's what happens. In our lives, by the way, the Word of God says this. Listen, you know it. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the more I know God... You remember I did it a long time ago, I don't have time today. This is like putting a flashlight on the end of your foot. Because as we walk, this is guiding me. And the more I know this, and the more I know God, what happens to my life? 
And that verse says, it's like the beginning of dawn. You see a little bit of ray of sunshine and then pretty zoom in in Florida, full on sun. That's what happens. Now what this means is this. I'm going to have light and direction, safety, comfort, peace, joy. And all the time, that gets better and better and better and better. Until I end in a place where there's full light. Because the book of Revelation says, Jesus is the light and there's no need for sun or moon. Now we don't understand that. I don't understand it. But I know it's going to be true. So that means, yes, the Christian walk requires a narrow entrance. And yes, there's some straight things that are going to happen in my life. I just can't do what I want to do. I'm going to have to do God's will. But God's will is good. Get it in our minds. It's not restrictive. It's wonderful. And that means life becomes enjoyable. Christian, we know how to do life right. Enjoy it. Look at verse 19. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Here's what the world says now. I can do anything I want. I can do my own thing. It doesn't matter. I'm open to pleasing myself. Have it your way. That's exactly right. But what happens? The verse says what? It gets more restricted, more restricted, more restricted. And as it's getting more restricting, it gets more dark. And pretty soon, they can't do life right. And things dissolve in front of them. So that there's no direction, then there's lots of problems, no peace, and eventually it ends in darkness. Now I want to tell you, the economy we're in right now will begin to drive people to your house and to this church. Because before this, the last two or three years before this, everybody that was in the market was making big bucks. Everything is going fine. Buy what I need. Everything's fine. How about today? Disaster. Layoffs. Money cut in half. Retirement gone. Companies dissolved. What's happening? They're going up the path. And what I'm going to say to you is this. People are going to come to work and go, because some of us have stocks too. But should it disturb us? No, if your wealth is your God and you're a Christian, something's wrong. Nothing wrong with having stocks. I have stocks. I have a plan. I have a retirement plan. That's fine. But my life is not based on that. God help us. So you're going to have people coming. They're hungry. They're looking. They're looking for answers because the chair has been knocked out from them. Be ready. They're going to ask you and you say, well, well you know what? There is a way to get on the road I'm on. It's with a person called Jesus Christ. Remember it. Remember it. Let's go to the fourth point quickly. Be aware of tempting dangers. Look at chapter 4, verse 26. Be aware of tempting detours and potential danger. Proverbs 4, 26. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Which alludes to that there are some ways that are not firm. Verse 27. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So God desires for our feet to be disciplined and cautious. We are made to run from temptation, not to run into it. Look at verse 14, same chapter. 
Six urgent warnings from God. So urgent, it's like shouting. Look what happens. Because, see, Satan on our path offers lots of alluring things to get off of it. Look at God says about getting off the path of God. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go your way. Do you get the point? You see, the reason that's repetitive there in the Hebrew, listen, don't set your foot on it. Don't walk that way. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. It's urgent. It's in other words, caution! There's lots of detours that Satan wants to bring in your life. Be careful. Here's the next step you want to see. Look at, look at the next thing. Small steps in a wrong direction lead to danger. You see, all it takes is one step. Lot made it. Samson made it. David made it. And you and I have done the same thing. One little step and we're in the wrong direction. That's why he gives this urgent thing. Don't go there. Avoid it. Now, I can't do that unless my heart's right. I love this paraphrase from a commentator. Listen to this. Don't take the first step, for you may not be the master of your destiny thereafter. In other words, you take that step, you've left God's protection. You'll suffer the consequences. Now, let me come to the last, number five. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Number five. Use our feet to bring good news to our world. Use our feet to bring good news to our world. Romans chapter 10. Look what it says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What is the good news Paul's talking about? Look at verse 13 again. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? How many is everyone? So when you come to that little point and you make that choice... It doesn't matter what you've done, good religious person, or the worst sinner in the world. You choose, you're accepted. There was a study just done, and I want you to listen to this, Christian. Don't miss this. 6,000 random adults were just surveyed. They were Christians. Here's what they said. 32% of them said they have a responsibility to share their religious faith with those who believe differently in the truth than they do. Two-thirds of Christians, born again by a right definition, said, I have no responsibility of sharing the gospel with anyone. Two-thirds. Is there something wrong? Now, here's the problem. The one-third that said, I do have a responsibility. We know from statistics, way more than half of those never do. The latest figures, and I, you don't quote me on this tonight, but it's been a while, 5% of Christians lead people to Jesus Christ. So that means every, out of every 100, one of these little sections here, 5 do, 95 don't. Now, 
Understand what Paul's talking about here. I have a role in reaching the lost. Look at the sequence. Christians have to take steps to unbelievers. We have to share the good news. By the way, feet don't talk. So you can be by the unbeliever, but you got to open your mouth. We have to share with them the good news. The unbeliever then has the choice. We can't force them. They have the choice. Anyone that confesses the Lord and calls on Him will be saved. If they don't, they remain where they're at. So lost people matter to Jesus Christ. You see, in our life, understand this. That Jesus, 2,000 years ago, came. When He was at the age of 30, He began walking the land of Israel. His feet brought healing and freedom and salvation and new hope to everybody. Then those two feet were nailed to the cross. That nailing to the cross did more good than all the time he spent in Israel walking because it provided long-term hope for you and I. So now because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, I have a responsibility to go to my world. I want you to listen to a poem. I'm almost through. Would you listen to this poem? Listen to it very carefully. Do you actually believe tonight, this is for Christians, what you really think of them, do we really believe that serving Jesus Christ is the best lifestyle in all the world? Second, do we really believe that people who do not accept Jesus Christ, our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, our co-workers, will end up in hell. See, if you believe those two things, then we need to be doing something about it. Now, many of you are. You're doing great. You're invited to help people come here. But some of you haven't got that compassion yet. We need to be zealous. We need to have open doors. And that comes from having feet that are directed by God. And that's what I'm praying for. You say, well, Pastor Mark, we don't need any more people in this church. We need everybody that's unsaved that can come through those doors. We'll start 20 other churches. It doesn't matter to me. Some of that, maybe that prophecy will be you. You'll be out of here starting a new church somewhere. <laughs> and we'll just send them down to you. We're in this together, aren't we? Now listen to this poem. I heard it a week, two weeks ago. It'll challenge you. It's called Friend. I stand in judgment now and feel you are to blame somehow. I walked with you day by day and never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell me the story. My knowledge then was so very dim and you could have led me straight him. Though we lived together on earth, you never told me of a second birth. And now I stand here condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things. That is true. I called you friend, trusted you. But now I've learned it's too late. And you could have saved me from my fate. We walked and talked by day and night, and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die. 
And you knew that I'd never live with you on high. Yes, I called you friend in life and trusted you through joy and strife. And yet on coming to the end, I cannot call you now my friend. When I heard that poem, it moved me. I can't be responsible for your friends, but I need to be responsible for mine. You see, happy, healthy, beautiful feet take the gospel to the whole world. That's the reason we're here. And I just want to challenge you in the next couple weeks. Ask God to put in your heart, with your happy feet, a desire for the lost. Many of us have it, but sometimes we walk right by the opportunities. Some of that, our feet needs to be led to kneeling in prayer. Because some of our friends' eyes are blinded. They don't have a clue. We can't open them, but God can. And I just want to challenge you as a Christian tonight. It's a great walk. It just gets better and better and better. But man, there's so many people that we know, even that we would call friend. I hope that poem couldn't be read by one of my friends. I have a responsibility. I have the privilege of winning people to Jesus Christ. That's where happy, healthy feet go. They do the work that Jesus did. Some of you here tonight, your feet have carried you into this building, not by accident. You're here because God ordained you to be here. Now, there's only one way for you to change your direction, and that's to accept Jesus Christ. In a few moments, listen to me very carefully. In a few moments, your feet will take you out of this building. Which road will you be on? The road you want goes through a very small gate. It's a person called Jesus Christ. Here's what you have to do. Listen. Some of you who don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked him to come in. You're on the wrong road. You will end on that road if you do nothing. Take your feet and change your destiny. God will give you the strength to do it. Now, some of you have gotten off on the wrong path. If you've gotten away from God, dedicate your life again to God and join us on the right path. Don't leave here tonight on the wrong path. I can't change it. You can make the choice. It's yours, and it's called salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's right. And let's use our HHF to take the news. So we just concluded our study on happy, healthy feet, or as Pastor Mark likes to remember it, HHF. Jesus had the healthiest feet ever, and after walking all over the place, ministering to those in need, and in the end, his feet were nailed to the cross. Let's do our part by continuing in his footsteps. Lost people matter to God, and they should matter to us. Happy, healthy, beautiful feet take the gospel to the whole world. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. On our next edition of Lessons for Living, we'll be taken back to the day we were rocked to the core as Americans. Even though it's been well over a decade, the memories of 9-11 and its effects are permanently etched into society. Many life and death decisions came from the chaos in both physical and spiritual form. It's times like these where we want to know that we know who we know and how He will help us through the storm. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Hear your